In the fall of 1973, friends Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker set out for a relaxing day of fishing. Little did they know that it was them who would be captured and released that day. The two men claimed to have been victims of an alien abduction, experiencing a number of classic events of which we now associate with close encounters of the fourth kind. Total body paralysis, a strange examination, and telepathic communication with beings aboard the craft on which they were taken. This event took place during the early days of ufology and quite a bit before alien abduction stories had become mainstream. Hickson, by his own request, took a polygraph to attest to the truthfulness of his and Parker's claims. Many abduction cases seem to share similar symptoms with waking dreams or sleep paralysis. Was this perhaps the case on that fall day in Jackson County, Mississippi in 1973? Did both men just happen to have the same waking dream at the same time? This case file joined the theorists as they get taken aboard the mothership on the Pascagoula abduction case. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 94, The Pascagoula Abduction Case. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Zell. And it's just the two of us. Two-man crew. <laughs> two-man crew, the dynamic duo. We have to think, me and Brayden have the gruesome twosome, we gotta think of what... Everyone's got to make their own tag team title, tag team names when they're yeah, recording together. Yeah, we need together. a tag team title. We, we could be the Wild Bunch. No, who are the who are the wrestlers that wore the like the spike shoulders? They had like football pads and they had like spikes. The Legion, in their shoulders. Weren't they called the Legion cool. of Doom? Were they? Oh, that would be cool. I, I I think you need more than two people to be a Legion, though. Yeah, what's a two person Legion? Sure. Oh yeah, I guess we could be. Well, yeah. All right, Legion of Doom. That works. Sure. <laughs> For now, we'll be the, the Legion of Doom. Because we're <laughs> until we think of something better. We're super. We're very original. <laughs> really, really thought this out beforehand. Uh, <laughs> brains out today doing doing stuff. He's on the road. He's searching for Sasquatch. He's way probably. way north of the wall. I think right now. No, he's pretty far. He's tried to chi- <laughs> he's tried to chime in a couple times on Discord, but his internet is so bad, he, like he can't get through. Yeah, he said he has a one bar of internet. That's as much as they can get up there. One bar. Good old Northern Canada. Great inter- <laughs> great internet wherever you go. Full service. It's probably on a, two, right, a 256K modem, I bet, way up there. Oh, God. God. It's like the fucking Stone Age. It's like the Ice Age. It's returns. Like back in the day when you have to, you'd have to, like, you'd try and download porn. But it, would, <laughs> it, would take, it would take, like, 25 minutes to get, like, a 20-second clip. You watch 20 seconds of close, and then, like, you have, like, four going at once. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you get. 20 seconds each. The, the good old days. Uh, nostalgia. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and get into some space news. What you got, Dan? Uh, well, the we are changing the face. We have entered a new era of space travel. Uh, this Quantum week, drives? Or was it Sunday? Should have been Sunday, right? Talk about the Crew Dragon Dock. Yep, the Crew Dragon Dock, right? Which is one of the coolest things I think. The first time a private, uh, like a private company, has done something like this. Yeah, this is SpaceX is like their. This was their first like test. They're going to be sending astronauts up in this thing, and they'll be the first private like space station to do it, or private space company. Yeah, it's the first commercial crew, first commercial crew vehicle to ever visit uh, the orbiting laboratory or the 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 space station above there, and it is super neat. Um, this this is like the I don't know, it's like Star Trek when they first when they first discovered the warp drive, kind of. I think it's or or I guess like um, commercial air flight. You know, the first time the dawn, uh, the dawn of a new age. Yeah. This is so cool. Like it's it's pretty neat to see. I mean, 
it's not like, oh, we're going to be going to another planet anytime soon, but it's pretty cool that you can get people up there, like not just astronauts, but they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll have the opportunity maybe in our lifetime to send, you know, regular civilians up into the into the space station. Yeah. Well, they're going to have know? space space hotels all over the place floating around. You'll be able to choose your region, you know, the different different stars of space hotels. Different stars of space hotels. <laughs> What's well, like a one star space hotel? One star space hotel is just like there's barely enough shielding to sustain life. So you get up there and like the you sign the waiver and like it's really cheap, but you're probably gonna die. That's one. Star. <laughs> and is it run? Is it run by Russians? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to throw one. <laughs> you might die, but it's okay. Is is all right? Is leak is leaking oxygen tank, but it's okay. You just uh, take shallow breaths. It's the one of the ones where, I, what was the one that got the hole drilled in it? That one module of the space station? They never figured it out. It's something like that. There's like, yeah, they had like just like failures in building it. And they're like, eh, you know, we, we we can still make this work. <laughs> oh, man. But um, that's our, that's that space news, but that's a fucking, ah, oh, that's so cool. It's pretty sweet. Because that's, you know, that's just the start. Like you fast forward. It's just the beginning. Fast forward 30 years from now. A whole bunch of companies flying around space, unless what's that? Syn- they, they call it something like the Kess- the Kessler syndrome or something. When like if um, satellites start hitting each other in space, causing like a cascading domino effect, pretty much rendering space oh, flight wow. like you can't go anymore. You can't go to space. That sounds like something catastrophic that has a small chance of happening. But if it no, did it, happen, it would. It's, man, what's it called? Ke- the Kessler syndrome. That's what it is for sure. Yeah. Kessler syndrome, also called the Kessler effect, is proposed by NASA scientist Donald Kessler in 78, which pretty much saying the density of objects in low Earth orbit is high enough that the collisions would start a cascading effect, which would render space unflyable. Like you well, get- next job for commercial space flight or commercial space travel uh, companies is to figure out how to clean up all the space trash. Get that space junk out of there. So who not only will have people have the choice to sign up for to be on the space force, but you can also sign up to be space trashmen as well. Somebody's got to do it. You're just a guy floating around up there with a giant magnet. You no, know, you're floating off the back of your your giant space trash truck, and you and you stop and you pick up space trash. Scoop, you scoop it, throw it in the back, keep going. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I just imagine like you're just hanging on to it and then you just like kind of launch yourself off of it. You're like attached by a little umbilical <laughs> or whatever. And then like you grab the space trash and you bring it back and you put it in the back of the truck and it mashes it up. I mean, why not? Someone's they're, they're going to have to make an economy out of, out of space eventually. Like we're gonna- I'm sure. Oh, but think about think about all this stuff. You could make a lot of money recovering space trash, I'm sure. Like all the like rare metals and things and the equipment that they put on those things. Oh, I bet you could get out. You could make a bunch of money. Oh yeah. All the pieces are like all like electro coated and shielded and there's probably tons of gold and stuff in those pieces. And yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be neat. That'd be That's sweet. a good idea. We need to get into that. Nobody take our idea. Stop listening right now. <laughs> should We should buy, we should buy the domain right now. Space trash. Space trash <laughs> removal dot earth. <laughs> is there is there a dot earth or is it just is there just dot like countries? I think it's that I think it's that mostly countries. Dot Earth's coming. <laughs> It'll get there. Once we have people on the moon. And speaking of the moon, uh Israel has sent up their uh lunar lander already and it's well on its way. Uh it released a photo just the other day and showing it's about thirty seven thousand six hundred kilometers. It took a away from Earth and it took a pretty cool photo. You can see Earth in the background. You can see uh on its spin, you can see Australia. And also aboard this Israeli lunar lander is a thirty million page archive of human history and civilization. Pretty neat. That's sweet. So in case we blow ourselves up in the next couple decades, uh, we will have a nice little uh, archive on the moon. The history of our planet will be floating around space or on the moon for no one to find or aliens to find. Yeah. Didn't we put one out already, though? Isn't there one like on the Tesla car? Yeah. Didn't they? They did some weird like crystal hard drive or something on there. It had like terabytes of information. We got those. I think they launched it out on either. It wasn't in the Tesla car. I think it was on some satellite that they launched out there. Or... um, 
which is uh, some space probe. I think they put it out there, um, which is super um, it, like we've had. We have these things all over the universe. So, you know, all over our solar system. So hopefully maybe somebody will find it. <laughs> We're just setting up for our inevitable demise. Right. They're going to be like, hey, these guys are, I, you know, I can imagine aliens finding these things. I'm like, God, these people are stupid. Like, what what kind of creatures are these? They are so dumb. <laughs> Spent all their efforts just sending their information into space rather than trying to sit. Like they're around for like 10,000 years and they didn't even figure out how to travel even half the speed of light. Like, God. They didn't figure out worm, wormholes or quantum tunneling or anything. Fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, but that's the picture of that, of this lunar lander is actually pretty sweet with the earth in the background. And they have like the Israeli flag, the Israeli star on it, small, small country, big dreams. Yeah. So, you know, F those flat earthers because you can only see Australia. You can't see all the other continents. You can pretty much just see Australia. So, so it's for the rest of them. It's fake. Totally fake. Super fake. <laughs> yeah. That's it's taken from 37,000 kilometers from Earth. That's, oh, man. Awesome. There's so much stuff going on in space. It's so much stuff going up into space. We're going stuff on the moon. The Japanese landed their uh, their probe on the comet over there. Like we are, yeah. we're going places. It's pretty neat. It's a whole new, like a whole new age of space right now. Like just just kicking we're here off. Here to see it. So dope. Yeah. Speaking of new age of space, Canada becomes the first nation to formally commit to NASA's lunar gateway. Which is pretty much the coolest thing. That's like the next space station. Pretty much, it's going to be like in orbit between uh, the Earth and the Moon, kind of orbiting the Moon. Right? I guess. I think it's going to be it's going to be the stopping or like the refueling point when for the or the jump off point to go to Mars. Right? I think that's what they're planning it to be. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. Eventually, it says eventually for going to Mars, but for now, it'll be like the new research station halfway between the Earth and the Moon. And Canada right. doing what Canada does best, not sending anyone really up there. But we're building the next Canada, the Canada Arm Three. I guess Canada's just really good at building uh, robotic robotic arms. I guess it's good. We're good at it. Everyone's got to be good at something. <laughs> building robotic arms <laughs> and slamming uh, beers, smoking weed, and hockey. Playing hockey. <laughs> so you need robotic. Arms. So you guys should be really good at building robots that play hockey some point <laughs> eventually robots they're not going to be robots playing but they'll be like they'll be like uh drones so the players will be piloting they'll be all video games that's the future oh that's cool have you seen those drone races have you seen the aerial drone races have you seen those videos yeah they do them in like stadiums and stuff and, and they have all the, oh, the rings so lit up cool. and they're flying and their guys are humming through those places it's cool yeah and they got the little like vr goggles on or like the you know that they could see it with uh, it's nuts those are those are Cool. Yeah, they're like they're seeing like the heads up display of the craft through their goggles. Uh, that's neat. Oh man, we have so much, so much cool stuff. Anyways, that's all I got for space news. What about you? Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got for space news as well. So we can move on. Move on this week. We'll do the Randomatron X3 coming back at you. Yep. Red button. Fire up. I'm I'm gonna read it. I'll do my best brain impersonation. Try and make at least one error per sentence. And see what happens. All right. And we're thinking at it right now. Paranormal. All right, paranormal. Uh, this is pulled out of Reddit. It's called the Phantom Hair Dryer. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm here to dry your hair. I was in my sophomore year of high school. I would usually get ready and then wait for my mother to drive me to school. While she was getting ready, I was just kind of hanging out in the bathroom hanging out in the bathroom with her while she was putting on makeup and curling her hair. She looked a little frazzled, and I asked if everything was okay. She told me about a weird occurrence the night before. She told me that she had been woken up around two by a strange noise. It wasn't super loud, but it was pretty, con- it was pretty consistent. My dad wasn't woken up by it, though it's not surprising as he sleeps like a log. 
Anyways, she starts looking for the source of the noise, first checking the bathroom, attached to the room, but there isn't anything there. Next, she walks out into the hall and hears the noise from the bathroom nearby. When she walks in, she sees a hairdryer plugged in and turned on. Just sitting in the middle of the bath mat on the floor, she thinks it's strange, but there were four kids living in the house and she thought maybe someone had sl sleepwalked and turned it on. Whatever. She unplugs it and puts it away. She goes to bed and eventually falls asleep. About an hour later, she wakes up again and hears the same noise. She's kind of pissed off and goes to check it out again, except now the noise is from downstairs. She tracks down into the guest ba bathroom in the main entry hall. She opens the door and again the hairdryer is turned on. Laying in the middle of the floor, she's freaked out by this point, but she unplugs it and puts it away. She didn't get a, good, a great night's sleep after that. So she's telling me this story, and as soon as she comes to the conclusion, we both freeze, turn our heads into the walk-in closet of her bathroom. As soon as we look in there, the entire light on the ceiling shatters. Not the light bulb, but the glass cover. It shatters, sending shards of glass everywhere. Welp. We both freak out and get the heck out of there. We didn't know what to make of it, but we haven't really had any experiences before or since, and none of my family have experienced anything either. I was expecting for more of a more sinister. So the yeah. So the hairdryer was on upstairs and then it was on downstairs. The same hairdryer? That's what it seems like. Yeah. But you didn't see it's really kind of, any of the kids moving it around. That sounds like a little kid fucking with your mom. Yeah. Doesn't sound that creepy. Phantom hairdryer. <laughs> I mean light the light exploding exploding is kind of weird, but I mean, sometimes if it's cheap glass and you heat it up, like if you turn on your light, it heats up and you cool it off like a whole bunch of times in a row, eventually it'll shatter on some of the, some of the cheap, cheap glass. It just seems like faulty. Maybe it could just be faulty wiring. <laughs> yeah, just had to short out. Bam. Hmm. You know, you, you win some, you lose some on the randomatron. It is random. So sometimes hit or miss. Yeah, you know, you take them, you take them, you leave them, whatever. No big deal. Let's get to it, Dan. The start, I like to start, I like to call this one, instead of the Pascagoula UFO abduction, I like to call it the start of alien probing. The start of alien probing? Because I think before this, alien probing wasn't probing wasn't really in the mainstream. It was pretty much after this one. So after this, What about Betty and Barney Hill, though? They, they had probing in that one. Yeah, but this, I think this is, because yeah, Betty and Barney Hill was like 12 years earlier. So I think after this one became more apparent, but that's just me. Dan, take us back to the start. What happened here? Well, the Pascagoula abduction case is um, took place in 1973, and it was witnessed, or the abductees were Mr. Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker, and they claimed that while fishing near Pascagoula, Mississippi, which is in Jackson County, uh, they were abducted by aliens. Hickson, at the time was 42 and they were fishing from an old pier uh, near the Pascagoula on the Pascagoula river and with his friend Calvin Parker and on the night of October 11th, 1973, they claimed that they had witnessed an elongated UFO hovering above the ground. And at the time, I believe uh, when they've recounted the story that the, it wasn't making any sound and they said that they had witnessed three robot-like aliens uh, exit the craft, and they were both felt paralyzed at the time, right? So they had the paralysis, which is an, a very common theme or a common symptom of a alien abduction or something that precedes alien abduction. You always have the paralysis. Yeah. So they're unable to move. So these robot like aliens and they have a drawing of them and they look, I mean, they look pretty funky, but they it almost looks like they're made out of like crumpled aluminum, <laughs> like a crumpled up aluminum humanoid. They had humanoid figures, so there weren't any extra arms or anything, or they weren't grays, uh, as with our most abductions. Uh, these robot like aliens also seem to not, I they they had like a walking motion, but not so much that they were walking on the ground. They were actually floating. Yeah. So as they approached the men, they were floating and they 
took the two men onto their spacecraft where examinations commenced. Now, when we think when um, we talk, talk about probing, they they don't actually say that they probed him in the butt. That's been more of like a like a cult story that's been developed. I think it's more that they had like this probe, like an eye looking probe that they moved him around and like scanned every area of their body pretty much. Right. Um, I mean, here's the quote. Here's like the recounting of the, as told by one of the men, this is the recounting of the abduction. Uh, There was what I call an examination room. And the, this is his words, not mine. (laughs) The, the old big ugly creature that brought me in, he took me and laid me on the examination table and just backed up out of the way and I couldn't move or anything. All I could do was look. There was something about the size of a deck of cards that came out of the ceiling and it hovered about a foot in front of my eyes and it went to the, it went to the right of my head, right side of my head and it clicked, went behind my head and clicked and to the left side of my head and clicked and then straight to the front and then shot back into the ceiling. And that's when I heard some ruffling noise and this more feminine looking creature came out. She looked completely different from what I call the robot. The other one was kind of feminine. She had regular fingers and came over and pinched me on the cheek. And then she took her finger and ran it down my throat and it got behind the thing that hangs down back there and tried (laughs) to come up into my nasal cavity And that's when it started hurting and I started choking and I got scared. And she just kind of telepathically told me, don't be afraid. We aren't going to hurt you. It's a cool story. (laughs) It's it's nuts. It's, you know, the pro, she, uh, you know, usually you get these kinds of stories and it's when this is an objection that I don't know how many objections really where you get the aliens using their fingers you know, like actually it's usually some kind yeah, of tool physically touch, like touching you. Yeah. Right. Cause that sounds really weird. That sounds extremely uncomfortable. Like he says she has regular fingers. So I don't know if that means like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like you, if you use your regular finger to try and get down in somebody's mouth and like go back, I'm that far. he mentions the thing that hangs down the back of your throat. So I, he's talking about the uvula, but uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of that. Like, yeah, it's, it's quite the, <laughs> here you go <laughs> what's in there just stick sounds extremely in there. uncomfortable i mean she says we're not going to hurt you but i guess it just really made them uncomfortable so the men after after their contact after their abduction uh they said that the aliens placed them back exactly where they were before um they had been taken and then the craft just shot up into the air and um, they said there wasn't any really sound to it when it left. It was just kind of like a, the guy describes it um, in a video, uh, I guess a couple years ago, uh, he described it as like a zip sound. That's what he said. Zip. Like there was no real, there's no engine. There was no, you know, fiery, you know, fiery takeoff or thrusters or anything. Just zip. Which is the kind of a sound that you would imagine that a craft using anti-gravity or, or something. I think that's the kind of sound it would make because yeah, there's no real. No combustion like propulsion. Right. So it's just kind of, you know, it would just be gone. Or it's like, uh, or it's like the sound that we talked about before, like that, like kind of like whooshing, like like rotating discs in the air, like just th- through the wind or something like that. So I'm kind of picturing yeah. like a hover, like a but maybe just like not very loud. And I think this one, and I think you're right that this is one of the, this is what actually one of the cases. I don't think I'd ever really heard of this, this case before, but it's one of the more famous ones. And I don't think it's as in the limelight as much as say the, uh, like the Betty and Barney Hill cases and, uh, like the fire in the sky, the, the, the encounter that fire in the sky is, um, because there's a whole movie about it, but, which, which seems so weird uh, because like, as soon as this happened, like within days, like UFOlogists and people, so one guy, James Harder, Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, and Jane, J. Allen Hynek, they interviewed these guys and they both were like, they interviewed them right away within like two days. And they both concluded that they both believed what happened to them was real and it was a very frightening experience right away. 
And so did like, like the authorities when they took them in, like issued the polygraph test and stuff. Right. Hickson, uh, one of the abductees, like he requested to take a polygraph. Right. It wasn't like they didn't believe him. Like, okay, we're, you know, how about you take a polygraph and then maybe you'll actually, we'll actually know if you're telling the truth. No, he requested to have one done. I'm not crazy. I I want you to test me. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah. I want you, I want to take a polygraph and show you guys that I'm actually telling the truth. Now, I mean, are polygraphs totally nine, 100% reliable? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't even think they're admissible. Like a polygraph test is admissible in court anymore. No, I think, I, it, think, so. I think it's more of something that you get people to do to that. Like that's how you tell if they're lying of how they react to the polygraph test, not necessarily their answers to the test. Right. Or their willingness to take a polygraph yeah. test. I think that's, like it's more of like a psychological thing rather than like a hard yeah, evidence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but he took one and at the time he passed it, like, you know, requested to take one and he passed it and it showed that he was telling the truth or he, at least he believed that, um, he really believed that they had been taken. Now, if it were just one person, that would be strange, right? And it would be not strange, but it it wouldn't be unusual for them to actually believe that this happened because you're just you, but, but because there was two of them and their stories coincided you know, it's a little bit more credible than your your average kind of single person claiming they've been taken by aliens. Yeah, and the, and these two guys weren't—they're like they weren't strangers. Like so, like Hickson was forty-two and Calvin Parker was only nineteen, and he like Hickson just offered him a job, and so he was actually offered him a job and a place to live. So Hickson was actually Parker's landlord, and Hickson was Parker's dad's like good friend. So they're like family friends, kind of. And then when they got a, when they got taken in. Like to the sheriff's office or whatever, they, the deputies heard them when they're separated, like trying to talk through the vents and shit. Like Parker's like climbing the wall to like yell at him or to talk to him. And then they're like, don't tell him anything pretty much. Like we shouldn't talk about this as a personal experience. They're like trying not, they don't want it to be like come out. Like they think it's like a personal, like a, like it was like a personal attack. And Parker really didn't want anything to do with these. Like, no, we don't, I don't want to tell anyone. But Hickson was the guy who was like, no, we got, we at least, least got to tell them. And Hickson actually went on to like do like the, the late night show tour. Right. And it wasn't, yeah, he did it. And some people kind of say that that was his, you know, his goal. But I don't know. You know, both of the guys didn't really have anything. To, I don't think at the time it wasn't that big. It's like you wouldn't have really gained that much from it, especially going on. I mean, going on a late show. That's nuts. You know, you have you expose yourself to so much ridicule and probably and and you get criticized so much. I, I don't know why you would go up and do it unless you were absolutely sure of what happened. Like he was like dead set. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, because you, you might get you would you would get a little bit of money from those shows to start. But there's no record of saying that this guy made a fortune off this. He probably made a little bit at the start. And after like six months or a year, the story died away. He pretty much was this a normal guy. After that, just trying doing the circuit, trying to make a living off telling a story, kind of thing. I mean, well, if you if you had something that happened to you like that, I would try to turn it into at least some money. I mean, well, you have to, I think, because that's that's all you'd be able to think about. Like, if this actually happened to you, like you had an alien stick their fingers down your throat and then up your nasal. Yeah, I want compensation. God damn it! Like, <laughs> you're you're entitled to something at this point. And it's such like it's such like. I want to say a cut and dry case of alien abduction. It's just, it's really, really strange. I mean, some people try to explain it away or, you know, um, doubters or whatever you want to, haters, whatever you want to call them, try to explain it away and say maybe he had a, you know, a waking dream or a hypnagogic experience. Uh, one of those things, which I can completely understand uh, that could explain it away if it were just him or if it were just one person. Like some like like alien abductions from a house when you're sleeping, I'm more inclined to believe that it's some type of like mental like you're sleeping and the effect of like some deep dream or like a combination of drugs you took or something you ate can like make your mind see things that maybe weren't there. But if you're out fishing, yeah. not even that late, like seven eight p.m. at night, like it's just getting dark out, and then this happens to two people, and they're both super freaked out. Everyone believes them. The authorities believe them. You have like you have all just believed them. They don't even want to believe their own story, but they know like what happened to him was true. And they both had, they both like explain the story pretty much exactly the same. Which I think is 
that I mean that's the best part that that they both explain their experience together and that it matches up so well, you know, and both these guys were not known liars. They weren't grifters. They weren't the kind of people that would just come up with a kind of story like this. Um, they don't sound extraordinarily creative. You know, it just sounds like something that happened. You know, it wasn't embellished. It wasn't like that dude, like that one dude we talked about in Brazil who the, the one lady alien, like, I don't know, like had sex with them out in a field oh, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> You know, it was it wasn't one of those kind of personal gratification stories, which I never really take those ones seriously when people are like, oh, I, the alien spoke to me and said, I am the chosen one and we're going to have hybrid babies. And those ones for me are are kind of hard to take seriously. Those ones definitely tougher. They, 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 the credibility on those ones is already lacking because I'm like, well, that's kind of like a, you know, that could be that's a fantasy kind of thing. That's not I don't think that'd be eh. I'm more inclined to be believe people who are like probed and and whatever. I, I I'll understand. You know, I can go with the aliens are benevolent and that if you get abducted, they're just kind of checking up on us or they're or the, you know it's Star Trek. They're just like picking up people and just kind of you know poking them and being like, okay, um, uh, that's good. You got four limbs. Uh, this is how your circulatory system works. That's neat. We'll just mark that down. And uh, all right, off you go. Just you like know? it's just species identification. <laughs> just going around all the right. planets. But like like hey, identification and cataloging. And yeah. they're just like, okay, all right. And yep. Write that down and warm blooded. There you go. And then some people get tagged with, you know, what's, I would say that would be the explanation for, for, uh, you know, some of those people who said they have implants that they've found in them. Yeah. We haven't really talked about too much about alien implants, but yeah, some people do. What was the doctor's name? Uh, Dr. Roger Lear, I think his name was. He, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he his whole life he did the, like he he was a surgeon, like a foot surgeon or something. But right. but he also podiatrist. Too? He's like a podiatrist, right? That guy. I think it was that guy. Yeah, podiatrist. That's that's like that's for feet. Podiatrist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a foot surgeon of some kind, and then he got it started with like one guy had he was doing the surgery, or whatever, and he found this weird thing. He's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I think like early and mid nineties, he had a bunch of people and and funded or he. uh got people to have the surgeries done for free where they removed uh, what seemed to be people claimed to be implants uh, that they had been put. Well, I think one guy had one in his hand and then another, another lady had one in like her left big toe and they had him removed. And when they sent them off to be analyzed at, at different places, like independently researched and looked at, you know, they, they, exhibited a lot of unique properties that many people hadn't really, you don't are either extremely rare or you've never seen before. Um, uh, one interesting uh, analysis kind of linked uh, these implants and, and they showed signs of somehow uh, interacting with the larger nervous system of people. So I think some, uh, somebody kind of uh, implied that maybe these were some kind of like a mind control, like they could, they could, you know, possibly affect the way that you think or maybe something like that. So I, I don't know how much there, I don't know how much veracity there is to that, but right. that sounds a little, that sounds a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This one, Neat, though. this one is, I like I liked this one a lot because it was like, it happened. There was press about it right away. It went to like the Associated Press. It went like pretty much, it went national and even picked up internationally really quick. It became such a, like a topic that like people in like this area, I guess at the time after this happened for about six months, were like people were putting like tinfoil on their windows. Everyone thought that, <laughs> everyone thought they were seeing UFOs. So if there's something like, oh, there's a UFO down on this highway, everyone would go and like jam up the highway to try and see the UFO. It was like a big deal there for a while. You had people like doing right. doing like floating hoaxes in parks. And, like it was a huge thing. That's such a bummer. People do that. Yeah, yeah there's always um, hoaxes after something happens. This is just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah the the only the only thing that I can fault this on is really the the lack of physical evidence. Like this isn't like the Falcon Lake incident where they had like actual burn marks, or even uh, you might say the Dyatlov Pass incident where there are, or even Colares, like Colares Brazil, like there was physical indications of something had been done to them. You know, with these guys, it was just kind of like, oh, they picked them up and then they just dropped them back. And there's no real hard evidence to look at or nothing that's really that can't be satisfactorily or logically explained away with just like, oh, you guys were drunk. You guys were drinking 
and you guys just, you know, passed out and came up with the story on the fly or, or something like that, you know? Yeah, the only thing that I kind of came across is that they both claimed that they had like a little like pinprick on their arm and they kind of say that they might have been drugged that way. That's the only thing I could find, but that was only in like a small article randomly that I came across. That was like the only type of thing. Right. But Parker, after this happened, yeah. like, because he, Parker's a guy, he was 19 at the time. He didn't really want to go down this route. He just wanted to go live a normal life. So he, tried, he like moved away. He went to go work on oil rigs. But after this happened, he was so worried that he was like infected with like radioactive material and shit that he like scrubbed himself in bleach and threw away his clothes he was wearing before he went back to like his girlfriend and stuff. Cause he was not, he was like so worried that whatever it was was going to cause him to be like radioactive and get people sick. That's how, sc- right. that's how scared is, he was. That's a, yeah. And I think at least one of them had like a nervous breakdown at some point. I think Parker did. Well, I'm sh- they had a, yeah, I'm sure like Parker didn't really say anything for years. It wasn't until it actually just this last year he put out his book. He's like 68 now. Yeah. And it's called. And uh, I think Hickson's already passed away. Hickson already passed away. He passed away like, when was it? 2011. Yeah, he was 80. So yeah, because he was like 20, 22 years older at the time when this happened. But yeah, if you, want a, if you want a book, I haven't checked it out or anything, but he just put it out. Calvin Parker after all this year, like all these years, 40 years later. 45 years later, whatever he is called the Pascagoula, the closest encounter, my story by Calvin Parker. You can find it pretty much anywhere books are sold. I think so. That's great. He like, he didn't talk his whole life till like now he's older and he's put out a book. I mean, so this brings me to the question of alien. Like when we talk about alien abductions, my whole thing is, um, cause we were talking about removing implants and things like that. Like who pays for that? You know? Cause I, you know, it would cost money to get examined and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't want to put that stuff on my health insurance. Did you know, Zell, that 40,000 Americans have taken out alien abduction insurance? Get out. That's a thing. What? That's an actual thing. What do you, what do you like? What are you insured for? Well, you're insured for medical coverage, which includes psychiatric care, which I don't know whether that covers like hypnosis, hip, hypno, uh, hypnotic regression. Okay. Therapy. I wonder if it covers that. I wonder if that's what seems like a should care counts. I would think so. Right. Uh, it also, um, they'll, uh, what else will they cover it for? It's like medical coverage, psychiatric. And so I guess they would cover, cover, uh, surgeries in case they, um, but, but the, but the catch is, is like, you have to be able to prove that you were actually, <laughs> that you were actually, um, abducted so they will pay out cash settlement uh for non-human or alien abduction alien <laughs> pregnancy with the possibility of coverage for men or women men or men or women uh alien examination and death caused by aliens these are real things you can look it up there's alien yep. abduction death and by I think, aliens uh you yep you're taking out life insurance in case you get killed by aliens I think yeah, and I think uh, the places that do offer it, it's just like an add-on to your to your policy, and it's like you pay one time payment of nine ninety nine. One I did see was like you pay one payment of nine ninety nine American dollars, um, and then it's like a ten million dollar payout, but it's like one dollar every month for like ten thousand years or something. It's re- it's really something crazy. It's not. It's not really, (laughs) nobody takes it serious. I I looked at the odds of not getting abducted, but I I, I tried to find the odds of uh, someone uh, seeing a UFO. And so looking at the actual, of seeing a UFO, your odds are, um, well, we just talked about Mississippi. If you live in Mississippi, your odds of seeing a UFO, according to casino.org, are 522 to 1. And that's the 13th best in the U.S., so here are the top 10, right? Here are the top 10 states where you yes. have the best odds of seeing a, uh, a UFO. So you have Maine at 370 to 1. You have New Hampshire at 369 to 1. You have Rhode Island, uh, 342 to 1. Uh, you have New Mexico, followed by, they're all pretty much 300 to 1-ish, right? So you have New Mexico, then Hawaii. Alaska, North Dakota, Montana, 
Wyoming and Vermont are tied for the top at 205 to 1. Not Nevada by Area 51? It's not even it. No, it's not on there. Get the fuck out. If you live in Florida, I'm super sorry. Uh, your odds are 3,485 to 1, apparently. Got any Canadian odds even on there? Even though I'm pretty sure we've had listeners from Florida send us. I think they've sent us some stuff that they've seen UFOs, but we had some. We, I think we had we had someone actually tell a story back when we we did those couple open channels from Florida, right? And I know Florida did have some weird. They had a lot. They had a a rash of sightings like back in the nineties or like late eighties. Well, like that's like if you, you go a little south there and you're in the Bermuda Triangle, right? Southeast, pretty that much. Seems so really weird. Should, should be tons of UFOs there. These this and plus the Cape Canaveral's right there. Like I would think this data is weird. skewed. I think that was really weird. This is disinformation you're feeding us, Dan. <laughs> these, odds, these odds are shit. For what purpose? Sorry, Florida. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, it's really, it's really weird. So, I mean, I've got numbers that Lloyd's of London has apparently sold approximately 20,000 policies of alien abduction insurance. So if if they if, if they offered to me if I'm at, if I'm at the insurance place and they're like you want uh you know insurance for earthquakes I'm like yeah volcanoes yeah this they're like alien abduction I'm like how much they're like ten bucks I'm like of course you give that give it come on I wonder if they actually ask you for it or do you have to request it I would think they would just you know I don't know how they would bring that up I mean insurance companies are always trying to make money so like this is a shoeing if we get you know ten thousand people to sign on for ten bucks like we're making some good money here do you. Do you, would you like to take out alien abduction insurance? What? <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> like they just skip over it. Like, if you say, wait, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it all depends on how you answer the question. Yeah. It's like, I am in inter- what? You know, like, oh, nothing. Never mind. <laughs> or I, I wonder if some guy has a really good pitch for it. I wonder if there's an insurance salesman that like has a really good pitch for alien abduction insurance. <laughs> Oh, there's people, there's people. Who they, fucking... What if you were like, you disappeared for three days and what if you lost your job? Would they cover you for that? I wonder. Uh, that should be in incurred expenses or whatever, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I, but I also don't know how you would exactly go about proving. I, I don't know if they've actually paid out. Um, I mean, I think, um, it's like a scam on their part. I think, I think they've actually paid out some claims. Um, at least, uh, there is a UFO abduction company in Florida, of all places. Apparently, that's the least place, least likely place to find a UFO. But they're also the ones who have actually. They, I think they've actually paid one out. They paid a few out to people. That's a, that's amazing. But that is, I, you know, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's probably one of those things that if you have somewhat good proof they'll just pay it out just because it's just too much of a problem to try and fight you over it yeah give the guy a couple thousand bucks for some yeah but it's like yeah it's like oh we'll just cover his medical expenses and stuff but we'll he'll just as long as you stay a customer in their insurance and you're still paying into some other insurance policy i'm sure they're like we'll we'll just make the money back it's not even that big a deal like we'll pay it out uh, he says he has alien implants. This kind of looks like something. So sure. Like I'm sure those people, if they had alien abduction insurance and those people who uh, said they had implants removed out of them, I'm sure those people would have got a payout for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know how you guys, your crazy system down there in the States works with your healthcare, but let me tell you something. If you get a, if I got abducted up here. I wouldn't have to say anything about it. I just go to the doctor and he would just treat me. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, medical insurance. Yeah, you get medical coverage. Yeah, ours would be like you'd have to prove that you've gotten taken by aliens, you know, so you'd have to have some sort of proof that you got abducted by aliens. And I don't know how you would prove alien pregnancy, really. I mean, it seems like there's only one way to prove pregnancy, I think. Right. But I'm like, like, it's an alien pregnancy. You'd be like, oh, this baby is an alien. Like, (laughs) That, that and would, I wonder if anybody has actually been able to prove that. Well, what if a, what if aliens are just us from the future, and they pretty much have the same DNA, and they can breed, but they don't really look like us anymore. They've evolved to a different whatever. Is it still alien? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, then you'd be boned because then you wouldn't be able to prove it's an alien baby. Yeah, it'd be the same DNA. You wouldn't be able to prove it was, you know. 
You got hybrid hybridized. It wouldn't really be a hybridized. It would just be a human baby. <laughs> so I don't know how you would how you'd go about doing that, but I don't know. UFO abduction is abduction cases are always pretty weird. And I remember one, um, I don't know if anybody, I hope somebody else remembers this. I know I asked Zell before we started recording, if you remember this, uh, there is a, there is a found footage style, uh, film called UFO abduction. And it came out in like 1989, but it was released a couple of years later, uh, on a a bunch of different networks like it was they put it on unsolved mysteries there's one episode of unsolved mysteries where they put it um put it on i remember i watched it on uh what did i watch it on i think i watched like half of it on upn but when i was a kid i was like it was terrifying and it, it basically portrayed a or a claim that there was a family from minnesota that had gone missing uh right before thanksgiving and this video was home footage that uh, authorities had found in a camera uh, found at their home uh, when they went to investigate. And the whole footage was – when I was a kid, it was super creepy. It was super scary. Um, it started with like some of the family, like the brothers and stuff, like seeing weird lights out in the fields. And it, it was – I mean it was pretty much like Signs. Right. The movie, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, it starts by them seeing, uh, lights out in the field and they kind of go out in the field and they're like, oh, there's like something out there. And he's like, is that something coming out of it? Are those people? And he kind of said, it was, it was super creepy. And, um, but it, it, it's, it's cool looking back on it now because it was the first real kind of found footage Film. This was before the Blair Witch Project. This was way before the Blair Witch Project. So it was. You called this a UFO crazy. abduction, a true story. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the one. I, uh, it came up on, on YouTube. It, it came up on Amazon, but it's currently unavailable. Oh man. Oh my god. Yeah, you can't. Do you have to buy it, or is it just unavailable? It just says unavailable. You can't buy or anything. Just yeah. See, so it's it's been around forever, and I remember it came one time. It came on TV, and. I, I just recently found out the whole story behind it, and it's um, uh, there was this whole push. It, it felt like on when it came on the air and came to network TV, um, to, to for people to believe that it was real, that these people, the whole family, got abducted by aliens and they were gone, right? And I mean, this was back before the days of internet or just right on the edge of before the internet and you could actually verify information and, and source information and try to figure out more. But th- this, this video kind of went viral before viral was a thing and you saw it all over the TV and um, uh, th- there were different versions of it. And some of it had been uh, cut, uh, cut into the actual film itself had been like testimony or analysis from uh, from UFO experts. Like I think they had Stan Freeman on there and stuff, and which which tended to lend a validity uh, to the video. And, and it the way they edited it made it seem like it it really did happen, but it didn't. That's the thing. It, it was not a found footage. It was not actual footage. It was actually a short film that had been filmed um, by a director named Dean Alioto. And he said that he had, they had released it like straight to VHS. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't a release to theater kind of movie. Um, And he said that uh, he saw it pop up at one, at one time that, somebody had edited out the credit. So it said produced and directed by Dean Elioto, but they had taken that out. And so it looked like it was an actual film. And then there was a whole episode of unsolved mysteries that they pretended that this was real, you know, which made it kind of creepy. Someone has this if video. You go back I really, really want to see it. If you go back and watch it now, it's, it's probably really cheesy. Like the costumes are really bad for the aliens. It turns out the aliens are like, they look like grays. They got, 
but it's really just looks like people in, in turtleneck sweaters and sweatpants wearing like alien masks. Um, but back then it was super creepy. It was just it. It was like that scene in Signs, you know, where they come to the house, which is like the scariest part of that movie. Huh. Um, I really want to. I, I got to see this movie now. Someone's if someone has this on VHS. We'll rent it. We'll rent it from you through the mail. <laughs> it's. It, I mean, I would. I would put it up there as like a classic UFO film for me because I mean, I when I watched it, I was I was terrified when I was a kid. It was so scary. Um, if I watch it now, I'd probably just laugh my ass off. Really. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But I, I, for just for nostalgia, I want to watch something like that. They're always fun to come across those like old gems. Give them a rewatch. Yeah. It, it, and it was super neat. And the way they sold it, like they really sold it. And um, I watched an interview with Dean Aliotto and he was talking about um, he, he's a UFO believer. He, I think he was actually at AlienCon 2018. I don't I don't I don't know if he was at the L.A. one or Baltimore or the Pasadena one or Baltimore, but he was actually there. Um, and I think he did a panel. He did. He might have done an interview about this film. And um, he talked about he's a UFO believer and he says that it really wasn't cool. I don't he didn't talk about taking any uh, action like legal action or anything against anybody because I I would assume you would uh, if they cut your name off of the thing or they weren't giving you any money for it. Think, uh, think I would so, think yeah. that you would take some kind of legal action, but it doesn't sound like he didn't really do that or perhaps the company that his you know, his distribution company probably, I don't know if they cut him out or I don't know what the whole story is, but he just, he didn't seem very happy about what happened. Uh, uh, that how it was presented as a true event when it actually wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't happy about it. As they, they, they they got a hold of it and kind of promoted it as truth when he never really intended it to be that way. Yeah. I mean, he had pretended it just to be a, not, it, it made it seem like a hoax, you know, once people found out that it wasn't real. But he, but he was also said that, you know, a lot of people took it to be truth. And and even when he said, no, I made it, it's a movie, you know, people didn't believe him. It, it already taken hold. <laughs> right. It kind of taken hold. And people he said people went as far as telling him that he was a plant by the government <laughs> and that this was actual footage. Um, you know, people didn't believe that he had actually made it. They, they, they thought this was an actual real film or, you know, it was a found somebody's home video of their entire family getting taken by aliens. That's one term that drives me crazy. was when people like call people government shills. Like you're a government shill. And you're like, everyone can't be a government shill. All these, like, just cause they don't believe it. Often, a lot of times people are government shills. That was me crazy. Yeah. I'm always like, I know that the government is covering up a lot of stuff for sure. And I know there is information that the government has access to that is probably either. Yeah. Extraterrestrials do exist definitely, or we're using technology that we recovered from extraterrestrials. Sure, there probably is that stuff around there, but I can't say that I'm in the favor of like there's this whole world arching government because the people who run our government are pretty stupid. Like, <laughs> well, if, if if it's like a a world reaching government, it's not an elected government. That's what it is. The government, the right. government that fights and, in Congress and Senates and all that shit around the world. That's you know people get, they get elected, whether it be through like bribes or whatever is they get money from someone to run for the position they're there for four or eight years or, or how long how long can people in the, the senate and stuff be in, in there in the united states long for, oh you can be in there for life that's even worse then because then they're paid like yeah career politicians they don't have term limits they don't have term limits in the house and the senate like you could be you could literally be in there for life no wonder stuff never changes in the united states hey oh right no they yeah that's kind of a bit that's kind of a thing that's coming up in the next uh, next couple election years, that's going to be a thing about term term limits for senators and and members of Congress. Uh, that's it's been some it's been brought up a couple times uh, in the last couple of years. So I think that will change at some point. 
that's, uh, or not. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But all I'm saying is that if it is a government in which humans have part in it, there's going to be errors. Like there's going to be mistakes and people are going to find out the truth at some point. And it's whether um, we're able to discern truth from, you know, from fiction or from hoaxes. Cause I, um, I remember hearing at least I think one air force official in a, um, in a statement in an interview said that one of the first things that they tell you to do uh, like when the military is dealing with UFOs or alien encounters is to immediately um, try to discredit it right away, you know, right away or, or release disinformation right. about the event. Um, that's kind of just their, their go-to protocol, you know? So it really, it really bums me out when stuff like this, which is, you know, you have something, somebody telling you this is an action it's not a hoax but it's it's a film you know i believe ufos are real and I, you know if people take it too seriously um and they don't believe the guy who actually made it taking it a little like, too far yeah you don't you don't believe the guy who actually made it and you can't then well, you're never going to believe like when somebody actually tells you the truth, you know, as, as eventually you're going to find out that actually, yes, this is a movie and that's just going to mess up your whole world, I guess. But Every, everything you thought was real is fake. Everything that was fake was real. Right. And then I just, you know, I feel for bad for, for those kind of people that, that take that stuff too seriously. No, but yeah, to, I'm going to bring it back, bring it back to the Pascagoula abduction. We'll try and we'll slowly wrap it up here. It's these type of accounts that have like make me believe a little more. You know, these people had nothing to gain from it. Something happened. Everyone believed them. I like these type of ones. I like these ones. They're fun. There's, Yeah, the, these two guys, like, they seem pretty down to earth, you know. Sometimes you get the you get the alien abduction people, and they're kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, spacey, you know. Yep. Yeah. And you get a kind of feel for them, and you're just kind of like, mm. but these two guys were just dudes out fishing and just got – you know, maybe wrong place, wrong time. I don't know. Uh, but there was nothing. Yeah, I, I like this one, too, uh, for believability wise, because there's nothing special. You know, I, I I find it hard to believe ones where people are like the aliens told me I'm special or they told me that, you know, I mean, because everybody's special. Duh. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody's special. I'm, Every single one. I'm of you. unique. Um, I'm unique. Yeah, <laughs> but those ones I have a hard time believing. But ones like these ones where the guys are like, "Nope, they just took us up. They like poked at us a little bit, and then they put us back down." Uh, those ones I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." It doesn't. Yeah, that's, that sounds like something that would happen. It doesn't really seem dramatized at all. It's just like freak these freak the fuck out of these two guys, and for their whole lives they they pretty much followed them. Pretty much one guy one guy tried to get out. One guy stayed in and did the circuit. But it's uh. I like it. I mean, the, the, yeah. only, the, the really only thing to like debunk it is there's not a lot of other reports of people seeing this UFO when it was kind of like on the river between two bridges and both the bridges were manned. So no one else, re- right. no one else really seen it at the same time. But that, that doesn't mean that this thing actually just flew down across the bridge. If it, if those, if these type of like aliens can like materialize out of nowhere, like the, the like the craft could have almost even teleported there or something. Like if you go with the interdimensional route, because some people say they see UFOs and all of a sudden they just blink and they're gone. To get to get around, not other people seeing it, it's could have like, well, maybe they just didn't see it because they couldn't have. Like it just it was there and then it wasn't. Yeah, and then I mean, you could say like the metal robots. Maybe they actually were robots. I mean, you got for because if you were an alien and you were coming down to abduct something and you had like robot drones to do it. I mean, you would send robot drones to do it. You wouldn't send yourself, you know, to uh, in case you got injured or, or something like that. Just just not to risk injury. When you have robot drones, you would that's something you would do. Yeah, it's all remote controlled. Know? Yeah. So if you sent these little ro- I, I I mean, that kind of makes sense to me from a logical, you know, if you're studying something, you would send your robots to go get them and pick them up and take them back to the ship, I suppose. So that that, that makes sense to me. So Dan, what do you think? You believe these two? How's their story? I 
I think their I think their story has you know more credibility than than your average than your average adductee story. I do too. You know, it, it doesn't seem dramatized. It doesn't seem over the top. It's just like it happened. This is what happened. They told the authorities. The researchers came in, polygraph, everything kind of checked out. And then the story kind of faded after six months. It's weird that this didn't like this place didn't like get like more like notoriety, kind of like a Roswell or like or right. other type of UFO places. Like this this place Yeah, they didn't really There's nothing there really. I see take advantage of it, but they didn't really latch onto it either. It just just happened. Yeah, it was like a yep. one <laughs> one six month period in this town's history and then it's just kind of gone. It probably it probably comes back like on anniversaries and stuff. They probably do like small like local news articles and on it and stuff, but pretty low key compared to some other big big UFO sightings. Right. Yeah. Cool. It's a cool one though. I liked it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh there's still yeah, you can watch videos of the guy. They just had uh uh last year they kind of really when uh Parker released his book, so they kind of had that was in the news, so Everybody can, you know, you can take a look at it. You can hear him talk for himself, tell the story. So, yeah, you should look it up. Look it up. All right, let's uh, start wrapping it up here. Yeah. Let's do with, uh, what do we got? Zell's Props of the Week. That's what it was. This week I'm giving it to our boy, Tyler Rock. He's new to the podcast, and then he sent us a, a story, but he was a little too drunk, Tyler. You're a little too drunk, Tyler, when you uh, when you wrote this. So rewrite it, send it back. Seems like it seems like it seems like a cool story. <laughs> Do a little bit of revision because just he's first he said I am fucking hammered, and then he wrote us an awesome story. But then I don't know. I think he could write it better. Try again, Tyler. Yeah, you're the man, though. Maybe just put it a little bit, organize it a little bit. Drink drink <laughs> half as much. Go go into more detail. We got new uh, new Patreon Patreon supporters. If you don't know by now, the show is sponsored by you, the people who listen. By you. Sponsored by you, Patreon listeners, for as little as $1 a month. Pretty much. <laughs> so, what did we leave off last time? New pledges. Jim Bob. Jen, Jen Moore. Ryan Anhorn. Damon Matthews. Caitlin Musavi. Probably butchered. Matthew Wallace. Ben Pello, Jordan Thompson. So Jordan this is J O U R D A N. Jordan? Jordan. What? Spelled Jordan J J O U R D A N. I think it's probably Jordan. Jordan is a cool way to spell it. Trent, sad to see you go, bud. You're supporting for a while, but thank you. And what else we got? A couple more, I think. Scroll up to the top. Allison Parsons, Kimberly Hugh, Alex Finley, uh, bracket, Moan at Jackie. I don't get the joke. Do you get the joke? Alex Finley, his name, bracket, in brackets, Moan at Jackie. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. <laughs> and Nathan Hickey went up in his pledge. So thank you, everyone, very much. Nice. If, you, if you've never checked out Patreon, uh, just go to patreon.com, search for Alien Theorist Theorizing. And we pretty much have a whole other podcast feed that if you pay a little bit of money, we uh, reward you with some extra stuff. Yeah, lots of stuff on there. We got a lot of cool things. Uh, Braden and I just did one on the uh, the K. What was it? K twelve. Oh. oh, the submarine that they just that they the submarine one. That one was fucking cool. K one two nine. That's it. That <laughs> the U.S. like kind of like resurrected while the Russians were watching, but the Russians didn't even know they were right. doing it. It's fucking cool. Yep, how the CIA stole a Russian sub from the bottom of the ocean. Not just any sub, like a top advanced like nuclear sub, was it not? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it was top of the line or pretty much top of the line nuclear sub, nuclear warheads on board. It's pretty it's an awesome story. Um I thought we did it was a pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um one more thing. If you like rock and roll music, you should check out my band Lucky Monkey. We're releasing some new material on March 29th been a while so uh, we're really excited about that and if you're in vancouver on march 20 what is it march 23rd we're playing at the bourbon with some good friends in chase the bear it's gonna be a four band rock show you should come check it out we'll talk some conspiracies after after a few beers uh that's it dan what that's when it gets real fun oh yeah (laughs) rock and roll plus beers equals great conspiracy talk 
every time. Dan, anything? Got anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. I don't think so. Dan, you want to stick around for after hours? I want to talk some Apex Legends. Okay, sure. All right, that's it. Uh, that's it for us this week. Brain will will be back next week, and we got a little uh, government conspiracy coming at you next week. Hint, hint. We won't tell you what it is. That's all we're gonna say. <laughs> all right. As we say, keep those eyes on the skies. Mm-hmm.